0: Preen, welcome to episode 97 of We The Gamer Cast. It's the official podcast of WeTheNerdy.com and it publishes on iTunes. at Google Play every single Monday no matter what. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing and rating this show on iTunes and wherever you listen to it for sharing, retweeting when I tweet it out. Everybody, y'all, you're all pulling your weight. You're all playing your part. Thank you guys so much. And especially a huge, big thank you to Four, count one, two, three, four, executive producers Nick Militia from Next Level Games, Joel Brooks, James Johnson, Mr. Doom, actually medical school, Dr. Doom, and Sheldon Benedict, our new executive producer. Holy crap, four of you guys are making this show and shows like it. If we ran Nintendo and the Nintendo PlayStation Podcast we're making it better, we'll get back to that in just a second. But first, if you're new, here's the deal. Every week I have sweet hangs with the stranger from the internet, and we're gonna talk about video games. And if you would what? If you want to be on the show, it's almost like I've haven't done this 96 times before. Uh tweet at me. It's Sean Capri at Sean Capri. Sean like Connery, Capri like the pants, or Sean like Krusty Sean Capri like the like the juice. I like you know, I did I did workshop that a lot when I first started doing that, I thought of all the different Shawns and all the different capris. And I think I think I landed on a winner. But you guys let me know. I've been hearing some suggestions, so so let me know if you want me to change that up. <laughs> Give me your best Sean and your best capri and let's let's make this happen. Um if you missed last week or for whatever reason, if this is your first episode, last week was a doozy. Last week was a dream come true. I had Marissa Roberto from Reviews on the Run, EP Daily. Now she's with Xbox Canada doing Xbox all for one and a whole bunch of other stuff. I had just a great chat and it just she is just like she's awesome because she's in a in the public eye, she is doing her thing and I feel like I just had like a really like a real conversation with her. Nothing was was prepared. There was nothing, you know, like PR about it. I just I really felt like I had like a real hang, real sweet hang, as we say with Marissa Roberto. Uh, we don't just, we don't just say it. We have the sweet hang. So thank you so much to Marissa and thank you to everybody who did listen and and provided some kind words and letting her know that you enjoyed it. That always, it's always nice for the guests to go like, Oh yeah, somebody actually does listen to the show and they enjoyed it. So that's, that's great. Um, I'm going to try and be quick because, you know, on flux to pose this week, Jason Lacey is just like taking the crown. He, can do the solo podcast thing. He is now the new, he, he now has the title. 35 minutes on flux to pose all, all by himself. He went through all the segments. It was super impressive. So I'm going to just do the opposite. I'm going to make this quick. We're going to get to our chat with Chris McCracken right away here. But before I do that, I want to let you guys know that I was on game Moose podcast. It was actually, it's up now. So you can follow them. At game underscore moose underscore cast. And you can find that on iTunes and all of that other good stuff. So I had a great time. Here's the thing about that show. I I think I got a little unwieldy. I think I got maybe a little excited, a little carried away. As I tend to do, I, I threw quite a bit of shade over at Horizon Zero Dawn. And you guys know that you've been, you've been here with me for a little while. I have gone back and forth on this thing like crazy. It's like a seesaw up in here. And I am just near the end right after I record this and publish everything. Uh, by the time you listen to this, my plan is to have finished this game and I'm just going to stick with the, if you have time for this game, you will really like it. But you have to have the time to really dive in and enjoy everything that it has to offer. If you are in a rush, you are going to nitpick like I did. Uh, it's not perfect. And I stand by what I said on Game Moves Podcast, which is I don't think this is the best PlayStation 4 exclusive, but that's not like the worst thing to say about a game i think playstation 4 has a lot of really amazing exclusives i don't think this is the best one i'm actually very excited to see where they go from this and actually there's been a few instances in my gameplay since uh being on the podcast yesterday where I mean, my words already there. I've met a couple characters. Uh, Petra, I think her name is. She's near the end. She reminds me of a character from like a Dragon Age type of game. And that's kind of like where my bar is. I don't know if you guys have played the Dragon Age games, but the supporting cast in those games is to me, the, that's the bar. And, and I guess that's the whole thing is that my, my experience with Dragon Age is kind of like open my eyes to what to expect from this open world and to what the supporting cast is all about. So that's it. I'm excited to finish. I've really, I, I'm, in, I, I am enjoying it. I wish I had more time to spend with it. So I guess that's that's a good thing. Um. So that's that's that. Uh. This is really this opening. Really. Aside from that little shout out to Game Moose. Um. Thank you, by the way, Ryan Turford and Brock McLaughlin. I can't wait to be on that show again. This is this intro is a huge thank you to all of our patrons on Patreon.com/slash Make Us Better. The, the list is so freaking long. I was just doing If We Ran Nintendo with Bobby and we ran through everybody. And like, I can't believe all of you guys take, even just to take the time to sign up for, for Patreon. Like, it's not something, it doesn't happen by accident. So I just wanted to say thank you guys so much. Um, just all of a sudden, this last week has been crazy with Sheldon joining on as an executive producer. So thank you so much to Sheldon. Really, that, like, you just pushed us over the edge. I thought we were going to like limp towards seventy five. Where this show is going to be a video show, and if we're at Nintendo becomes becomes live, uh, which we just did a moment ago, and then we've got Seamus Mullins, Mitchell Popish, Todd Ochsner, Andrew Semichek, Big Marky P, Andy Penizek. Like you guys are actually, you we've leapfrog seventy five. So this show will be video in just a couple weeks. Um, I'm going to actually push out the episodes that have been recorded at this point, and then anything new. We're going to do videos. So thank you so much to Antonio Guillen uh, for working on a little bit of video stuff. This is going to, it's going to look good. We don't want to just make it on video. I wanted to make it look good as well. And so you have this intro. You can see, I look all over the place. My hands are wailing all over. So that's, you'll get a little inside peek there. So thank you guys so much. Once again, Sheldon Benedict, Seamus Mullins, Mitchell Popish, Todd Oxtra, Andrew Semichek, Big Marky P and Annie Penazek. Thank you guys so much so much you have no idea it means the absolute world to me um also thank you I just it was my birthday just a couple days ago and ah, gosh what do I even say about everybody reaching out wishing me a happy birthday that really does I know it only takes a second but it really does mean a lot and it reminds me to to do the same for everybody else when it is their birthday it just it's, it's it's just nice it's just it's just nice um really quickly before we get into the chat I've been playing tons of Splatoon and I'm really loving all of the comparisons between me and Krusty Sean. And (laughs) I had a few people send over the picture of um, Marina, I think it was. She said she'd rather lick Krusty Sean's greasy drip something or other. That is freaking hilarious. I laugh every single time somebody made that comparison. I laughed good times titanfall 2 i played it's got a new like horde mode and apparently this happened to titanfall 1 and i just am totally oblivious to that so i had an amazing time playing with luke lore with johnny casino and ben butler from generational gamers podcast also from from this two of those guys have been on the show one of those guys luke very soon you're gonna be in the 100s man so hopefully i figure out actually how to interview somebody at that at that point i, I don't want to let you down but uh luke has been amazing gaming with you lately and uh just get to know you, man. It's been, it's been awesome. So I want to, you know, we've had our conversations on Twitter and I want to have a one-on-one. Luke Lore, everybody. He's going to, he's going to come on here. And as I said, I've been playing, uh, Horizon. I'm going to be finished that. It'll be good to, to just have a game done, really. I don't think 2017, I've done a whole lot of that. Maybe little nightmares and I haven't, I'm nowhere close to finishing Zelda. So, so that is that. Okay. Let's get into it. My guest this week is Chris McCracken. And I just want to say that the, finally, the MTTG curse is broken. The married to the games curse is broken because I, I had a chat with Ed Placentia a while back and my Skype recorder was broken and, and it, it saved it and then immediately deleted that file. And of course that was the week that I didn't run my backup. I usually got OBS recording everything. It's not the best quality, but at least it would have been there and I totally didn't do it. So, and then when I had, uh, Gabe Patillo on, of course, I showed up to his hotel room, as creepy as that sounds, uh, and I didn't have the right cable. I've got like this weird, I don't know if it's a 3DS cable. Anyway, they they were talking about all these failures <laughs> when Chris was talking about being on this show, and it just brought everything back. And I'm like, I just wanted some time and space. I thought like time would heal all wounds, and there it brought everything back all the it's so traumatizing, you guys. I <laughs> don't even know when, when you, when you have somebody that you look up to and then you just fail miserably right in front of them, and then they remind you about it half a year later. <laughs> Goodness gracious! But this is good. This is a really good chat. I'm so glad that we had Chris McCracken on. I'm gonna have to have Ed Placenti back on if he would do that. I would love to have him back on. And uh, he, so let's get right into it. Here he is for Married to the Games, Chris McCracken.
1: I hate my sound. Really? I hate it. I hate it. How come? Because I can hear an echo and it drives me nuts. Oh,
0: man. I I
1: don't have sound. Like uh, right behind this monitor is my wall. mm Mm-hmm. Because this is the smallest room in the house that I ended up making my office. And I've debated so many times just lining this entire wall with soundproof foam. Mm Mm-hmm. But then especially when we decided, okay, we're going to sell the house is like, I just don't want to make the investment right now. It doesn't make sense. It's not going to look good to people viewing the house wanting to buy it. I was like, yeah, maybe, I'm just maybe you'll sell
0: it. it to an aspiring artist of some sort. They're just like, maybe. Oh, that's already, that'll be, you know, I was looking for a house with soundproofed walls and it's this possible. is it. Finally, I landed on it. <laughs>
1: it might be. You never know. Can you
0: imagine <laughs> I get a chance once a year through my work to do, um, Interviews with radio stations, and and typically what they'll do is they'll they'll hide you away in like this in just a just this little studio, and it is mm-hmm. every single inch of it is soundproofed, and it's so yeah. weird. Like obviously that's what you need to do to make it sound great, but to have the words escape from your mouth and then the sound get immediately eaten by all the cushioning in the room, it's yeah, it's something else, man. Like it's
1: strange. Yeah, I've been in a couple of recording studios as well, and it, it is a different. Thing, it throws which a usually a bit. when they're in there, you have the headphones on, and and you can kind of, I mean, it does still escape, but you, you can still hear yourself really well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when you're when you take it off and you speak, and it just doesn't bounce anywhere, it is kind of weird. It's
0: basically like space. Yeah, you know, there is no sound. <laughs> <it's> exactly, <laughs> it's exactly the same as space.
1: So you record everything on your end, right? I don't, you don't want me to do anything. Yeah, and here? I
0: actually have a backup, so that um, you know, when when I had Ed Placencio on. I just lost mm-hmm. everything. It, it, like we finished, yeah, I, I hit stop recording, and my face just went. I watched the file save and then disappear, and then I spent the rest of the day really? trying to figure out. Like, there's got to be some temp. There's got to be some some file yeah. somewhere. But no, man, it's That's so you nice. put. A, but you put a lot of time and effort into like your audio setup, right? Because like, is it yes. is it more from like your your film background, like your your tech background?
1: Um. Well, actually, no, because. On the video side, and and whenever we do anything that way, it's it's um this is more I've gone more broadcasty with mm-hmm. this setup here, and it's much more ENG and and more fied over there. What's ENG um, mean? Uh, well, actually, I always forget what the actual mm, uh, of
0: course ENG acronym say.
1: It's so so used to it, but uh, it basically means like run and gun kind of stuff, like.
0: Oh, okay. New style
1: where you just have a boom and a guy running over and he's like doing this real quick <laughs> just just to get the that you just need the audio. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not very many times that we record actual audio that's not a voiceover after the fact for mm-hmm. video, um, and so then it, we're in a you know quasi studio um, and recording things more similar to this. Mm-hmm. But like when you're recording in the field, you you, you want less audio like ambient noise, right. especially if it's a loud environment, but. It's more about just getting something.
0: So is that the boom mic thing? Like is that, cause I always, I, I've never heard it sound great. I've used the boom mic before, but I've never really understood, like, do I really want this audio? Cause it doesn't sound. Or maybe I'm just doing things wrong. Like what is it So pro- you mean
1: like when you're doing, um, video stuff and yeah. using a boom mic? Is that or what we're talking like, about? Well, like I where look it's at, overhead kind yeah, of Yeah, the stuff overhead. Like,
0: like, like how yeah. good could that possibly be?
1: It can sound pretty good. It all depends on the mic. There's multiple different kinds, and then if you're in an outside environment or a particularly loud environment, it's mm-hmm. all about the stuff you put around the mic to deaden the sound.
0: Oh, okay. So what do you got there? What's your mic? Uh,
1: this is an Electro Voice RE320, um, and this is just the – a sock thing that came with it. This, originally, mm-hmm. I just had like a little stand that sat on my, my desk. And I would try to not touch my desk because I didn't have any kind of – I had vibration to stop the vibration. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I had a pop filter that was attached to it. And I think pop filters are actually better than this. But I moved to this because it was just so much in this little space. My desk isn't huge. And I was just like, I just – no. And mm. so I got rid of it. And this is a this is a dynamic mic. Um, which, what does
0: that mean?
1: So um, a condenser mic like the Yeti or yep. anything like that, they're much more sensitive. They, yeah, mm-hmm. so they pick up. They're probably better, for, like up, if you're playing, if you're playing like an acoustic guitar or something like that, they're better at picking those sounds up, and they they pick up more true to what your actual voice is. Okay, dynamic mics, though they they um they have a much more specific pattern. So, like if I'm talking right here, you can probably hear me pretty well. But then if I move over here, you probably can't hear me. Oh well, yeah, either. totally. Well, whereas with like the Yeti, even if I was over here, you're probably gonna still pick me up because it's getting everything. This is I like see. got a small little cone where. It picks up audio really good right here, and then outside of here, it helps to reduce it. That helps reduce, like, room echo noise and stuff. And a lot of broadcast studios use c- dynamic mics just because of those effects, right. which they do a lot of other things because they have a huge soundboard and applying all this compression on the fly and all that crazy crap. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just wanted – the more I've dug in audio, which audio is the stuff that I understand the least. Okay. And I still, even to this day, I feel like I don't really understand audio. I know you enough uncover, to be you're like, like, holy
0: crap, yeah, there's way more here than I thought.
1: I know a little bit to be – kind of dangerous with it uh-huh so like i've what i have for our podcast stuff is probably a slight overkill maybe but i'm just so anal about it and since mm-hmm. i know i don't know enough i'm always wanting it to be better and better well i and said so- the same to
0: gabe like your, your guys' show does sound like a plus and you've landed yourself in a show where like that was the focus from the very beginning a gabe obviously comes from an audio sort of like by like musical background and then yeah you know, Timothy Hall, I think was the one who's doing all the madness over there too. And then you come yeah. in with your technical expertise and like, there was no other way that the show was going to be produced other than at a, like an A plus level. So like, are you, are you involved in, on the show with that or is it still mostly Gabe? As far as the stuff? edit part goes? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, um, as I'm sure you, I think you're aware that we all record our own audio separately. So you all make your Gabe- own. Yeah, so Gabe does similar to you just mentioned earlier where he records a master track over the Hangout or Skype, whatever we tend to be using at the moment. that will have all of our audio feeding into that Mm -hmm. as like an ultimate backup in case it all goes kaput. Um, But we each record ourselves individually, and then we upload them later on, and then it's either going to be Gabe editing or it's going to be Ed. It just depends. Mm -hmm. I'd say most of the time it's Gabe um, but if he's not available or just can't get to it, then Ed's absolutely fully capable of doing just as good a job, uh, and then he'll pick up the slack and take it. Um, Wouldn't it be funny and- if you could
0: always tell that, like, okay, this one was really good. This was obviously one guy, and then like the next thing uh, it's like, yeah. oh no, Ed has to do it. <laughs>
1: well, that's how it'll be if I ever. Oh, it. I mean, <laughs> like, oh, something must have happened.
0: Well, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. I needed to start with a question for you that comes straight from Bobby. I was just recording it for Nintendo with him, and he wants to know why you hate nintendo
1: i don't i don't hate (laughs) nintendo okay i don't hate nintendo but here's the thing so i have nostalgia for nintendo Mm -hmm. like because i had the nes i had the snes i had um i had the nintendo 64 and that was the last nintendo console that i bought i didn't i never had a gamecube we did have a wii for a short time when i me and my wife got uh married she had a wii because everybody had a wii yeah,
0: everybody in the world. It's family. like everybody um, had a microwave. Uh-huh. Had a Wii. And
1: then I gifted that to my nephew and we didn't get the Wii U. She kind of didn't really care one way that. She really mm-hmm. just got it because she like everybody, like, oh, I want to play the dance game and play the bowling and mm-hmm. whatever. So when the Wii U was around, I was like, Are you wanting this? And she's like, Ah no, nah, I'm I'm kind of over that, mm-hmm. whatever. Um and so what I don't Okay. <laughs> here's <laughs> here's what I don't like. And this it's really weird because what I'm about to say pretty much only applies to the gaming world right it doesn't i really don't apply this standard i'm about to give you to technology Mm -hmm. or cars or any other thing and i don't know why it is maybe it's just because gaming is my main focus i don't know but i don't like what i perceive as arrogance Mm -hmm. i don't like that so So like coming from a company yeah, coming from, from a company, like from a gaming company, but mm-hmm. a studio, a platform holder, a developer, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Not saying that sometimes it's not due because they've you know, done a great job, but I'm just saying I don't like it when people get go on to the level of arrogance, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So you see Sony. They had the whole – they were on hot, flying high with PS2. PS2. And then ps 2 comes out, and they're like, you'll get another job, 599 US dollars. And you know what? The market was like – Nope, mm-hmm. and then they were made to eat humble pie, and they were like, "Oh, geez, you know," and, and they really turned it around, and became all friendly again, and then there can be debate whether they're starting to revert back to old Sony right now, and blah blah blah. But they they kind of like made amends. They're like, mm-hmm. "Okay, okay, sorry." Microsoft Does- had the same thing. They, they like they know. 360, and then <laughs> then Xbox One comes out. They're like TV, TV, TV you know, we can't just remove the connect. you can't turn off DRM, you can't flip a switch, then when they do, they remove the connect. they flip a switch, because people are like, nope!
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: then Nintendo comes out with the Wii U, and just, you know, all their weird stuff that they do, which I understand, you know, they're Nintendo, they can have their own thing, but like, no real online, I mean, they're starting to get into that now, and just all the little things, you know, like region locking, all this crazy stuff, and I feel like, They've never apologized or ate humble pie or been like, ah, oh, sorry about that, you know, guys. And they're and I don't feel like their fans, for the most part, hold them accountable. I just oh. don't. I feel like they're like, Oh, we just love you, we just love you. Anything <laughs> Nintendo, anything, Nintendo. And I just I it drives me up a wall. Now I I will say, mm-hmm. I feel like they are turning a corner now, mm-hmm. and so that's good, you know, because the switch is, you know, it's bringing on online capability. You know, it's it's a console that everybody likes. They're getting doing their best, it seems, to get back on board with third party and everything. But I just feel like every gaming company that gets arrogant, they get humbled, they apologize and they mm. move forward and try to win the good graces. I feel like Nintendo never does that, and it's just like, why don't y'all just come out and say, like, man, our bad here's that Super Mario that you've bought 18 million times, we won't charge you this time. I mean, come on, just... I, I just don't like that they... It feels to me like they've never... They've always been like, We are Nintendo. You do what we say. And I just don't like that. Mm-hmm. That rubs me the wrong way. And on top of that, real quick, sorry. No, I no, that's right. That no,
0: no, no. You keep going.
1: Their games in particular, just at this stage in my life, they just don't appeal to me. Mm. And that that's not, a, that's not a negative to them, like I dislike them because game. I don't like their games. It's just... I just don't gravitate to Mario Kart. I don't grav- gravitate to Odyssey and they don't interest me. I'm not right. like, man, I want to drop $300 so I can play that. Mm-hmm. There's not well, enough of those that, experiences.
0: That's really the biggest thing. And it's funny that you were kind of talking about like the, the arrogance thing. It almost like, I wonder if, if Nintendo isn't so much arrogant as they are ignorant. And I think that it's just like, cause they turn a bit of a blind eye to that. So like, there's a fine line I think between the two. Now, on the Sony thing, and mean, my, my number one goal today, I was like, you know, I was just talking to Bobby, I'm like, I think the main thing that I want to talk to Chris about isn't really anything in specific, but I really just want to get a good old fashioned Chris McCracken rant or two in there. And so like, <laughs> we're already kind of accomplished. I'm just going to keep rolling with this. Like, um, okay. So I've got a way to, to get into that in a little bit, but I want to talk, I want to stick on this, this Sony thing because, mm-hmm. <sighs> they are so far ahead right now and you kind of we talk a little bit about how like maybe they're and returning their old ways yeah and and we've seen how that can bite companies in the butt mm-hmm. but even with all of that considered and we know how history repeats itself i could still see them going full bore arrogant for like ps3 oh, yeah. you're going to get a second job and for some reason Chris, like, I feel like it could still work out for them. Like, they are just that far ahead. Okay,
1: do you mean this generation?
0: Like, now. Like, they could come out, I don't know, do something really stupid, and it would Mm -hmm. just be... It would be totally fine and it's actually pretty similar to and i think there's an element of this in fanboyism on every console where yes people are just like defending it to the death and they they don't really compare things equally because uh-huh. it, it's impossible to really make things totally equal but they'll, they'll, and you don't want that anyways because totally. there's
1: really you want some deviation and some differences
0: yeah man i yeah. think i don't know what it what it would be maybe maybe they just announced like what well, look uh out of nowhere ps5 -hmm. is coming out this Christmas. It's $550. Although I guess what I'm trying to say is that on the PS4 is really where they're finding their success and they could do whatever they want or even not do what the fans want a lot. They can just make you not be able to change your name and it doesn't seem to matter. They can have throttled download speeds because it adds to the stability of their network and it doesn't seem to matter. Like, do you get that sense that they are that far ahead that it, it, Maybe this time around they can get away with the ultimate arrogance,
1: so I think um this generation, without doing something some colossal screw up yes i, I would agree with you they're mm-hmm. they're not they don't have to they're not gonna be knocked down yeah this like, I just don't see it it's not gonna happen and so it, with you know whenever they get any company um, but specifically I'm speaking in the gaming world, whenever mm-hmm. they get very strong and very popular and very you know up in the numbers and all that kind of stuff they all start to switch back to being arrogant it's it's going to happen with sony it, it is going to happen and when it happens next generation especially if microsoft keeps you know pushing the gun like they're doing and making all these customer facing forward facing good decisions mm-hmm. it's going to flip again it's because at the end of the day the whole power argument really isn't that important Mm-hmm. It, I mean it, it is important in, in the sense that people who gravitate more towards like Xbox and PS4 or PlayStation, we'll just say to keep the generation sp- not specific. They gotcha. like those types of experience. Those tend to be in the console world the strongest mm-hmm. offerings. But like when you look at Nintendo, the like people who love Nintendo, they've never had the most powerful console. It's more about just creating great stuff. So the fact that if PS5 comes out and it like leapfrogs. Xbox One X by a ton Mm -hmm. sure that's going to be stuff that the fanboys can throw around and oh my gosh look best console ever take that Microsoft but at the end of the day (laughs) suddenly power will
0: matter again
1: yeah it's about the experiences and it's about what these companies provide Mm -hmm. and right now and actually for the last couple like year and a half at least maybe even two years Xbox has been killing it with all this stuff yeah they have just been bringing it, the whole backwards compatibility stuff. People are loving that. And the fact that they said another thing, they're like, oh, we can't do it. And then they find a way to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And then saying that, you know, Connects not required, dropping the whole online DRM, even though that could have led to some really cool stuff, too, that probably will come around next generation. Do you think I mean, so? just,
0: Do you think that yeah, we just whole, weren't ready for, for what they were pitching?
1: The the the. Yes, in the short term. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the one thing in particular that I mean is the whole game sharing library thing, which there's ways around doing a version of that now right. on both consoles, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. But it's a crazy big workaround. It's really not very secure if you're not doing it with somebody you super, super trust. Mm-hmm. And so the whole like, if, you, if I could be like, everybody in my house can just log in and play my games and, and it, they don't have to be in my account and they're just because they're in my family plan or whatever. That was going to be a really awesome that thing that Microsoft could do because of their whole... Always online, checking, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Just not enough people were ready for that. And there is the whole, a huge contingent of, and I'm speaking very US centric here. Mm-hmm. I'm not really, all my comments are not necessarily leaning towards, you know, the UK and Japan or anything. But here in the US, there is still a huge part of the US that does not have good enough internet to really be online only. There's but just it, not. But
0: do they have good enough? This is, okay, this is a great topic too, because we're now, I mean, midway through or maybe even coming to the close of this of this console generation and that was such a huge thing that it was going to be always online and yet here we are when you buy a console you come home and you better have an internet connection if you're going to play a game you better have an internet connection like like when I heard that it was always online, it's like, well, of course it's always on. Like, we have devices up our yin yang that are always connected, and we yeah. require, like, when we buy a phone, you can't buy a phone without adding a data plan to it, and we're totally uh-huh. fine with that. So I just wonder, like, did we did we overblow? Like, I think it's a concern, but was it like end of the world and like you cannot sell this this console generation? There was definitely
1: there was definitely hysteria, a little bit overboard in some areas for that. Yes, but there is, there is a huge, huge section of the United States and areas where internet is like capped at three megabytes down, .5 up. Mm -hmm. I mean there's huge swaths of the United States. And another problem with the United States is there's a lot of areas where there's no competition. There's one provider and they may have data caps and they may Mm. have all this other stuff that's – which for just pinging a server is not a big deal. But like in terms of like going all digital and and getting constant – like. 20 gigabyte download day one patches and all that stuff that's going to be a problem for those people Mm -hmm. and they're only going to be able to it's going to what it's going to do is it's going to make it to where man i can't buy the three games this month i want because i may all have 30 gig day one patches and that's going to put me over my get my data cap limit and Mm -hmm. i can't do that like fortunately where i am right now i don't have to do i don't have data caps i don't have any of this stuff there's a lot of things i constantly have to remind myself and then i see on twitter people talking about it and i have to be reminded oh yeah these are issues that a lot of the country still deals with. I just fortunately don't deal with
0: it. See, and I feel like if, if internet was truly a concern for people, like it, I, 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 I'm of the mind that when internet outrage kind of happens that nobody's really upset about it. Because I think that if people were really upset about no. or concerned with the internet implications on a gaming experience, they'd be way more upset than they already are about day one patches and and basically that whole side of thing. Because you're right, pinging a server doesn't have any data implications in terms of quantity of data. It's more of... Are you going to be watching me over my stuff? Like I don't feel as free to do what I want with what I've with what I've purchased. And so, like, I'm wondering, like, do you? What do you think is if you? Let me just off the top of your head, PS Five, Xbox Two, or whatever. Like, what? Yeah. What are we even looking for now? Because it seems like the Xbox One X is being met. I think there's a, a group of people who are excited about it. I'm pumped for it. I I think power will matter more than people think. But like, if not power, then is it just like, what should we look for in the PS5? What would what could Sony come up with that would be better, that people would actually be excited about?
1: Well, so I'm just going to back up real quick when I mentioned earlier that power is not as big a deal. I meant specifically, like, if you were to compare PS4 and Xbox One. Mm-hmm. So, like, the PS4 Pro was more powerful than the Xbox One, and granted, you have the subset of the Internet that's like, I want all my P's and blah, 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 and yeah. they will make a big deal of it. But at the end of the day... You put Joe Blow in front of the TV and either one of those consoles, they're not going to notice the difference. Mm -hmm. And then now the Xbox One X is going to leapfrog the PS4 Pro, but they're not really going to matter. So I'm expecting when PS5 and whatever the next version of Xbox comes out (laughs) is going to be, Mm -hmm. they're going to be – One's going to be more powerful, but it's not going to be, like, leaps and bounds, like, oh, my gosh, crazy, you Mm -hmm. know? And even if it is, we're going to have the situation we have now where, like, well, most third-party games regardless aren't really going to take advantage of it because they can't. Yeah. Because, you know, they want to play to the lowest common denominator and then go forward from there. So next generation, I do think more power is better. And that's ultimately, at the end of the day, because PC gaming is, like, the upper echelon of power and and the best that you can get. Mm Mm-hmm. It's always the goal is always to reach that, and it's not ever going to happen for the consoles. But the closer they get to that to parity, you know, at least even if it's only for a year, the better that it is for game development because developers can do more. So, more power is definitely a good thing. But outside of that, I feel like all of this online only stuff is going to be completely embraced. Digital download stuff and digital ecosystem completely is going to be completely embraced, and I really think that. Right now, while it doesn't make a ton of sense, the whole PlayStation Now thing, in a couple of years, if when they really shore that up where latency is almost nothing, I feel like that could be a really good thing. Mm-hmm. Like right now and in most of this generation, it's looked like a really bad investment for Sony because they spent a lot of money on it. And for a lot of people, it really doesn't work very well. Yeah. Some people it does, but a lot of people it doesn't. But When internet gets to where it is just so strong that latency is really not much of an issue, Mm -hmm. that's going to be the thing that in all facets I think is going to work really well. Because at the end of the day, I think the more that you can move away from having your data locally and having large amounts of storage locally, whether it's your computer that you're doing your work on at home and all that stuff, that it can all live on a server somewhere and you can just access it. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the ultimate goal that every – um, consumer area wants to get to. So now that, that's dangerous. Do you think we're, we're close but...
0: to like, do you think we're like the next generation? Is it possible mm-hmm. we get a discless console that we oh, have yeah. like no optical it's... drive? Like that they, I sort of I expected think... that with, with uh, Nintendo actually. I mean, we technically we got a discless drive, but I, yeah. I, I meant physical media for that. Yeah like, yeah. yeah. like, are we that close? Like, what if, what if PlayStation 5 launches in a year and a half? Mm-hmm. Do they go discless? Is that even? I feel like that's not even a possibility. I, I, I
1: don't think that that's a possibility for the next generation,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but uh, I, I could see it within two for sure.
0: Mm. I,
1: assuming consoles will live that long. you know you, That's the one thing you never really know. I mean, I'm one of those people that thought did not think consoles were dead when they were doing it, saying it all mm. right before PS4 mm-hmm. and all that. But you never know what's going to happen. Um, but I feel like I feel like the key factor in getting rid of optical drives and physical media period is not – Is going to be price. That's the main factor. I mean, you have the subset of people like two of the guys on our podcast are very much this way. They like physical because they want the box and they want to be able to hand it off and they want to put it on the shelf and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely a huge subset of people that like that stuff. But there's more and more people growing like me. That's like I don't want to. I don't want all the clutter. Yeah, I don't want to walk over and have to swap out my games where I want to change. I just want to Isn't switch to my hilarious? dashboard, move this game, and then go. <laughs> like I don't want anything physical. I don't want physical movies. I don't want physical games. I don't want physical music. I don't want physical hardly anything. Mm. I just enjoy the streaming model or the download model or whatever. Um, and I feel like The more that I feel like the computer market is going more and more less physical and has for many years. So so it's just inevitable it's going to move down to like televisions for like movies and and gaming and everything like that. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. But at the time, right now, Sony and Microsoft and to some extent Nintendo, they can't make their digital offerings undercut the physical offerings that the stores offer because they need the stores. And Mm so until it gets to a point where they can really say, GameStop and Best Buy we don't need you, it's not going to go below. but once mm. it does, and they can offer deep discounts like Steam does, I think that'll be when it all switches over. and then you'll definitely see stuff without any disk drives or, or uh, you know SD card slots mm. or any of that kinds of stuff.
0: So when we take this to the nth degree, I think what ends up happening in the future, this is a future that we should actually maybe be a little bit more afraid of because the digital future means, like you said, lower prices, which means these crazy flash sales, which means we're all buying 12 games at a time, which means our backlogs are mountains high, which means we're all going to be suffering from uh, game uh, decision paralysis. And then next thing you know, none of us are playing anything. This is, yeah. may, we may be damning ourselves. This is like the uh, artificial intelligence version for, for a game where we're just, we're all going to be extinct and nobody's going to want to play any games. I wanted to ask you, Chris, about this. You mentioned before how you grew up with Nintendo and then yes. like at some point, like after the 64, there was a switch that happened, pardon the pun. Yeah. What, what was Was it like Metal Gear Solid free Cause I remember that for that or Final Fantasy, like those are two massive games that you saw everywhere. They're like, mm-hmm. Oh man, I don't want to. I don't want to play this baby Mario game anymore. Like I'm curious, or this Kirby that I'm playing. I'm literally <laughs> wearing a Kirby shirt right now. Um, yeah, man. Like, what what was the switch for? Well, you? it
1: wasn't. It wasn't. Um, so it was kind of a product of the fact that I come from a divorced family, mm. and so I had my mom and my mom had remarried, and my dad had remarried. So I had two households that I lived in, mm-hmm. and so. I kind of took advantage of that in that oh, no. at my mom's house, you know, I had a Super Nintendo, so over at my dad's house I got a Sega Genesis. And at my mom's house I got a Nintendo 64, so at my dad's house I got a PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like a, oh, I see these games and I want to move on from Nintendo. I was I never got to a point where I was like, man, this Nintendo stuff is baby junk. Right. And I still don't think so. I mean, it, it definitely it's very charming. I think Nintendo does great with their their IP. For what it is, it's like it lives up to that wholeheartedly, and that's a great thing. And Mm -hmm. there's definitely a market for that, obviously. So it was never like I I got to a point where I was like, this is baby junk and I don't want it. Mm -hmm. It was more about I just started playing all these different experiences because I had access, and I just started to gravitate one direction. Um, The PlayStation 1 was – I remember I put in a disk drive to that, and I started playing it, and it had cutscenes that were – were actual video, but I had never seen that on a home console, and that's kind of corny mm. nowadays. But at the time, that like blew my mind. And then I'm playing this game. I think it was Warhawk. It was a demo disc, and oh, I'm like flying nice. around, and I'm like shooting through these things, and it just blew my mind, the uh-huh. type of stuff that I was doing. I was like, wow, this is really cool, and I just found myself more and more wanting to play that Mm -hmm. I wanted to take it over to my mom's house of course I couldn't because you know my parents wanted to keep the things separate and not be mixing and matching all the time Mm -hmm. because I would forget things and leave this here and I'd want to know where it was and things would get lost so I had I found myself wanting to go to my dad's more often just to play my playstation and then I just started gravitating that direction And, and when I got to the point where I was buying my own consoles with my own money when was that uh, it was PS2 generation. That was okay. the first one that I bought completely with my
0: own money. Where with are no you help at that at time? PS2. Is that high school?
1: Uh, when I got the PS2, I was out. Uh, I may have been a senior or I may have just graduated. Okay. I'm not sure because okay. I didn't get it like beginning of the generation. Mm-hmm. I was a little a little bit past, um, again, because I was buying it with my own money. I had bought it from a guy I had met online. Or I hadn't met the guy, but I was in a part of a community and like just internet forums and we went up and met up at this event and nice. he, we exchanged and yeah, I bought it from him there. Um, and then I played that and I didn't play a ton of games. I had like a few games I played. I played, um, tomb Raider stuff. And then I played grand Theft nice, I, I was a big grand as Charisma any old.
0: self-respecting teenage boy. Did. Yeah. We all played, played a little bit of tomb Raider.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I played uh grand theft auto. I played mm-hmm. twisted metal. Um, and that was pretty much it. I really didn't play a whole lot of, I mean, I have some things here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't play a ton of games. I wasn't really married to certain ones. There were certain franchises like I really like this, and then Metal Gear, obviously. Of course, those were that was actually the only series where the minute it came out, I was buying that. Like I knew what the release date was. Other ones, oh, that yeah. I may not necessarily know. I just be like, oh, this is out now. When you're walking through Walmart, and totally. so I would buy. It. Yep. Yeah, that was the only series that I looked up and tried to look, like read a magazine when does this come out and i'm gonna go get
0: it circle the date on your calendar and everything yeah. Like, yeah yeah i remember walking into the stores and being like that being the only way that i knew when the release dates were coming up they'd have like a little like poster board or something on the end mm-hmm. cap to say like these games and it had the dates And they have like maybe five games because yeah a not that many games came out back then and be like they didn't they just didn't even really know what were you doing at the time um like high school just coming out of high school like how were you paying for all these games
1: I just Had a job like what were you? I what mean, were you yeah, doing? and I, I was
0: my job. I didn't mean and, to imply, like, <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, you had a job. <laughs> I'm just hustling. I'm like, yeah, man, <laughs> exactly. like, just like you know, selling um, all your dad's stuff. <laughs> what
1: was I, so, when I was a senior in high school, I was working for Sam's Club, mm, Mm-hmm. which and I worked. Uh, um, nice. so at Sam's Club, you had to be 18 to work inside the building, so I worked outside, I went and you know, gathered carts. You know, that's in the hilarious. parking lot and, pull them up. and we had like – we always had to do it by like hooking a huge rope and pulling like 25 carts up. A rope! And then – yeah, and then we it, we eventually got – we were the first one in our market to get like a little machine. Yeah. Little, it would push it for us and you could stand at the other end with a remote and like make it go. And that was right about the time that I was getting <laughs> close to leave. I was like a month <laughs> after that I left.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, But yeah, that's, that's what I was doing around my senior year in high school. And then when I turned 18, the whole thing was – I had been there about a year and they said – Oh, you've got to be eighteen to work inside. I was like, all right. Well, I'm gonna move inside when I'm eighteen. They're like, yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah. And they didn't move me inside, and I got pissed and I
0: left. It was like the same day. Was it, yeah, yeah, totally. Just well, no,
1: not the same day, but like a week or so after did I turned you notice? eighteen. I quit yeah, a I job it, when so I was I, I was yeah.
0: a real jerk. When I think I was sixteen or seventeen years old, and I was working at a grocery store as well. And it was just like I I had other things going on, and I just walked in. It was like the busy. I think it was the first Tuesday of every month was like ten percent mm-hmm. off. You can multiply like your rewards program or something like that. And I just quit that day. That was so bad. Like that is something. Yeah. (laughs) I I did not realize how bad it was. I wasn't trying to be a jerk about it. I I, just didn't realize two weeks was a thing.
1: I always gave two weeks. Anytime I left a job, the only time that I didn't, Mm -hmm. and it was kind of, Similar to your situation? Well, not really. I mean – so I went to go work at a restaurant. A friend convinced me that, oh, you got to be a waiter at this restaurant. They make such good tips and blah, blah, blah. He was there. And I've always been like food industry. I just don't think not. – I'm not against it or anything for people to do it and it's, it's great that people do it. I always tip really well. But I was just like I don't feel like I have the personality for this. Mm. I don't think I can deal great. with – uh, I really don't. Maybe, really maybe the don't beard. I'm just picturing you as like yeah. a young kid yeah. with a beard, have to wear like the you hair can, yeah, right you can't now. can't
0: have that around the food. <laughs> so I, I
1: went to this. Re- I had quit whatever job I was working at the time. I don't remember. And then I went there and I applied and I got hired. And then I was at the train, not the training day, but like the orientation day. And then mm. I was supposed to come back the next day for the first round of or you know I'm, I'm shadowing a person or whatever. Um, and so I I came up the day I was supposed to start shadowing. And I came up to the parking lot and I I got there early because I'm. You almost always early because I don't like being late. Mm-hmm. And I got there, and I'm looking, and I looked over, and this guy pulls up and parks like a few spaces down, doesn't paying attention to me. And this guy gets out. I could tell he's obviously the waiter. He had like the the outfit, if you will. And then he, he was getting out his like little apron or whatnot, and he puts it on. And then he just looks over and he goes. And just sighs <laughs> and then walked in with this most dead inside and I hate my life look. And I was like, nope. And I turned really? the car on and I drove away and never went back.
0: That's the best story never I've ever heard. You just I like, was like, nope, I'm not doing this. What, if, what I was, if it was unrelated to the job? Like what if his girlfriend just broke up with her or something? You know,
1: it didn't matter. I just needed a reason because I knew I didn't want to do That's it. So I just funny. knew I didn't want to do it. And I would let my friend talk me into how great it was going to be. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is – and then I think – a few days after that, my friend quit. And I was like, yeah. yeah. I was a like, I knew, you were a, I knew you were a flake and going to just bounce on me and I was going to get stuck in this situation.
0: I love those moments where you're like, you kind of have your mind made up, but and all you need is just something to tip you in the right direction. Yeah. Like, there's probably something like that with with games all the time. Where, like, have you ever had a, a moment where, like, you, for, you thought for sure, I didn't want to play this game, uh, but everybody's excited about it. And, like, maybe you kind of go against your original intention like have you ever tried anything that that you weren't going to but maybe because especially now with the podcast or you've been involved in internet communities have you ever Mm -hmm. been pulled like by like the gravity of the conversation to a game you wouldn't normally have played
1: um i've definitely tried things because people really recommend it and more so now i try to be more open to that kinds of stuff Especially if it's like a free-to-play game. There was some game recently. So one thing that mm. I, I don't – I've never really gotten into is turn-based stuff. Right. Like Final Fantasy and stuff. Where I, I've, I remember the first time – and I don't remember which one it was. But the first time I saw a friend playing a Final Fantasy, he was introducing me to it. Um, I don't think it was 7, but I, I don't remember which one it was. It was way back then. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw it and I was like, wait a minute. You're letting the bad guy hit you? Like wh- I don't <laughs> – <laughs> no, why aren't you dodging? And he's like, you don't dodge. You just get your spell and you do your thing and then they hit you and then you hit them. And I was like, I am not going to do that. Why mm-hmm. do I want the guy to hit me? I'm going to – you can't dodge or move. You're like, no, this is the way that it works. And I was like, I just don't understand it. And from that day forward, I've never had any interest because I just – I don't get it. The only thing mm-hmm. that kind of somewhat made me see like, oh, I kind of get it now is Hearthstone. Because if you think mm. about it, that's really the same thing. It's a turn-based, like they're hitting my characters and then I hit them. Mm-hmm. But there's something in my brain, I don't know what it is, that's different about when it looks like a card game on a, a board, yep. like a board game. That's what it looks like. I, I get it, I understand that. But in a video game, I feel like I've got controllers and I've got, or you know, mouse and keyboard, whatever are mm-hmm. fancy. I should be able to move and dodge and parry. And it's like I don't, I want to beat them without with as little damage as possible. I don't want them to hit me. I just i never could get my head wrapped around that
0: that's so, so funny that you say that because i remember like i wouldn't recall that unless you prompted me but i remember uh-huh. having the exact same conversation with my with neighbor matt when he was playing yeah. final fantasy games and i'm like just you were running around a second ago like you were in the world you were running around and now you're just yeah. letting and then you know when I, growing up playing a lot of real-time strategy games so like warcraft and starcraft were coming out and they were the hotness and there was a lot of like then the term-based strategy games kind of got the the cold shoulder a little uh-huh. bit. I wanted to talk to you. I'm going to jump around a little bit here, Chris, because you were you were a fan of Married to the Games before you before you showed up. But I I don't yes. know like to what extent like did you know um gabe tim and timothy before the show like how did you even get involved is this is just part of you like searching around for podcasts and being involved with the the online forums that you're talking about before like what's the what's the gateway into this
1: um so into married to the games community specifically yeah or? yeah because
0: then you started taking it up a level we'll, we'll go through yeah. that too
1: um i so like a lot of people really they followed me on Twitter
0: nice and so yep. I here. started
1: I started listening I went to go check out what it was all about um, at the time I've listened to podcasts for a long 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 time mm-hmm. but when I first started listening to podcasts in the first geez I don't know four or five years if not, I was almost exclusively tech related podcasts oh, okay so I really didn't and at the, around that time you know I really wasn't much into gaming uh, I had kind of stepped away from it for a while because I just had other interests like technology and and whatnot
0: what kind of tech Um, are you talking like tv like home theater tech or like so my favorite
1: podcast at the time that i was listening to and my favorite podcast probably of all time is uh cnet's buzz out loud oh yep And Mm -hmm. so it's like every bit of tech, like they would talk about new phones that came out or new hardware. They talk about, you know, Verizon's now offering unlimited data or they're talking about Skype bought a new thing. I mean they would talk about anything in the tech world. Mm -hmm. So I really gravitated towards stuff like that that just gave me all the news. I was a huge reader of like Engadget and The Verge and every day I'm like checking this stuff over and over because I just liked tech. I liked seeing what was on the horizon, what was coming up. Did you subscribe to any tech
0: magazines growing up?
1: I didn't subscribe to any I never subscribed to any magazines at all cuz I just couldn't really afford it. Mm-hmm. So I would I would go like to the grocery store maybe every other week if I had a little extra money from, you know, chores and I would buy like an EGM or something, nice. but I I wasn't really into like tech stuff when I was younger and then I never really got into even when I got my own job I just never was like, ah, it just seemed I can just buy it the few that the one that I want. Because I would go to the grocery mm. store and just like flip through it and if there's one I really had an article I wanted, then I'd get it. I didn't want to get every one. Mm-hmm. So I never subscribed to anything. Gotcha. Um so those were the podcasts that I listened to. And then I started when I started getting back into the, kind of the gaming realm, I was like, I wanna find out there's gotta be gaming podcasts. And so I started looking around a little bit. Saw, you know, the stables like IGN had mm-hmm. had podcasts and whatnot, and then Mary to the games followed me. I was like, All right, I'll check this out. And I started listening. I don't remember. I think it was somewhere in the 30s, but it was right before. It was maybe a month before they decided decided to add the forums to their website. Oh yeah. And I'm listening, and I'm like, oh, I really like the show. It's it's a lot of fun. These guys seem really down to earth. And then they mentioned the forum, and at this time, like I said earlier, I had been part of different internet forums and stuff, but I'd kind of walked away. I'd gotten burnt out on all that. I was just like, ah, it's just it's, it takes a lot of work.
0: Yeah. You know? That's what and I've always like, wondered. I'm, like how are people like spending all this time on these forums? Yeah. Like you, you somebody will post a question and I always think it's like just a Hail Mary that somebody's gonna come back and answer. But sure enough, like two minutes later, yeah. somebody's there with like a detailed response. Like that's a real thing that happens. It yeah. like okay, let me let me take a step aside here. On the forums, like what mm-hmm. role like I think there's different roles that people can play on forums. There are either people who like just read, like they're just kind of like a passive user. Are you are you posting solutions? Like, what do you what do you do on forums? Because I just this is a foreign world to me. Well, I don't do it
1: much anymore outside of the marriage of the games forums. I pop in on there and try and engage uh, at times there. Um, but back when I was into doing internet forum stuff, I was specifically in a realm where I was really into cars at the time, and I had a, a car that I was working on, and I would meet up with friends and race on the weekends, like at an official track, you know, legally, and all nice. this kinds of stuff. So it was all centered around the love of cars and racing. Mm -hmm. Um, But we would have meetups and everything. And then it got to the point where the big players on there, I just knew. So then it's just like I'm chatting with my friends. So I never – I don't really know. I didn't – if there was a question and I knew an answer to it, sure, I would do it. But I don't know what my role was because it really became like when I would hang out with my friends in high school and we would just talk about whatever. It felt like I'm doing the exact same thing. But now I'm online. Mm-hmm. It didn't. I didn't feel like, oh, you know, I have a role, or this is a thing that I'm doing, or this is, you know, I'm going to be the jokester or anything. I just oh, okay. was me. Yeah, and my friends and they knew me because I would meet up with them once a week in person. You know,
0: were you bread fan then? Yes, you were bread. You've always been bread fan. I've what always is been again? bread fan. Is it, is it literally you're a fan of bread, or no, is it the well, song? I mean, <laughs> I, I am.
1: It's but the name is off of the song. Oh, so okay. when the way that it started was, I wanted to create uh, an eBay name. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to use BreadFan, and it was taken. So I used something else. I don't even remember. And then I went to go create my first Hotmail account, and I put in BreadFan. It wasn't taken. I'm, like, trying to find all these names, and I was really – I was like, man, I really want to use BreadFan. And, like, <laughs> and I was to the point where I tried so many names. I was fed up. I was like, BreadFan35. And I just looked at it. I was like, I'm just going to hit enter, and if it takes it, I'm just doing it. I hit enter. It said, that's available, and I went boom. And I've used that for everything since. Mm-hmm. So – it's just kind of what are you, it still is, but
0: are you still on Hotmail?
1: I am. I am still on Hotmail.
0: That's, I, I feel like for some reason. Well, I had it awful. I can't even say it's mm-hmm. a, it's an offshoot of my PSN name. I'll just say that my ah, my okay. Hotmail is just <laughs> when I started going for jobs. I'm like, what's this Gmail all about? Maybe I'll switch over to. Well, maybe I'll switch over to Gmail. All right, so. We're listening to Married to the Games. They fire up forums, which is funny because obviously there is an audience for that. There is people like you yeah. who live and breathe forums to understand. Like when they announced that, I'm like, well, that's cool. But like that, I, I can't see myself jumping on the forums. But this mm-hmm. was a huge, a huge thing for me. So like, how were you engaging with them on the forums? Was it mainly just talking about like what, what was discussed, um like on the episodes or like what, what was happening on the forums that got you so entrenched?
1: Um, so when they announced the forums, I was like, nah, it's like, I've been there, done that. I'm just, mm-hmm. I just don't really want to do that anymore. But I went and cr- I was like, I'm going to just poke around and look, I'm going to be a lurker <laughs>
0: just to see what people are talking about. Just cause like an I alcoholic just, trying to resist the drink yeah. being weighed in front of me. I just like, want to nah. look
1: around and see hey, what people are chatting maybe about or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe it's and something.
1: then I realized, I was like, wait a minute. These forums are brand new. People are just starting to check them out. I can be just Chris, and I can be like <laughs> 10 years down the road. If this is still popping, I'm going to be that OG that's just like, yeah, just Chris. Because at work, yep. at the company that I work at right now, so the people that are like OG and been there forever, they're just like Frank at blah, 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 mm-hmm. or Tim at blah, blah. And I'm over here like C.R. McCracken and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, ah, oh, this seems so lame. It's like I want to be just Chris. So that's the reason I created an actual identity. And I was still like, I'm still just going to lurk. I'm not really going to post. And then just slowly but surely, I just started oh chatting about this and Mm -hmm. chatting about that. And I didn't really focus in any one area. I I guess if if I really think about it, maybe my focus was more just talking about games in the general area. Mm -hmm. I didn't do much chatting about the actual episodes um, in the episode um, channel, if you will. Uh, I didn't really go in there. And I would maybe go in for like the question of the week or something, or right, right. I would answer in there. But then I pretty much just stayed in the, the area where we talk about new games and have discussions about, you know, it's not a Horizon. But like if Horizon dropped and we were all like, oh, a bunch of us beat it and we wanted to chat about it, we would be in there or whatever game it was at the time. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I just, I ended up meeting a lot of people. And the thing is, at this point in time, Twitter's, you know, a real big deal. Like Twitter's my main area where I interact probably the most, or at that time it was for sure. Um, so a lot of these same people that I started following them on Twitter and it was really that the conversations were just happening a little bit here, a little bit there. Mm. It was just kind of like a pick your poison. Wherever the conversation got started, that's where I would go to engage with it.
0: Nice. So what at what point do you uh, convince Timothy Hall to leave the show so that you could take his place? <laughs> <That> never <laughs> happened. Never. I was just, just as shocked as everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I – the real question is, like, where, when do they approach you? Like, how does, how do, how do you go yeah. from, from being a super fan to being on the show? And then, like, what was that experience like for you? Cause this is, it's a big deal, man. It's a great mm-hmm. show. I've been a fan for a very long time. It's got a massive following. Everybody loves married to the games. And then you kind of get, like, plucked out of the crowd and go, like, yep, yeah. one of the four.
1: Yeah. It's, it really is, like, a weird thing. Um, it's just kind of, Happenstance. It Mm -hmm. wasn't like a thing I petitioned to make happen. It wasn't a thing that I actively necessarily was seeking out because up until Hall made his announcement that, you know, he he feels like he needs to step away to really focus in on his dad stuff, Mm -hmm. like nobody knew that was coming. It's not like I had a heads up per se and was like, all right, you know, I'm going to make this happen. Make my move. But just when I started on and on the forums and then you know gabe likes to travel or he doesn't like travel he does travel for Mm -hmm. his his job but he likes to meet up with people when he travels and fortunately for me because texas is a big state and a lot of people live here toby matt comes to texas a lot Mm -hmm. and he he'll have like maybe three shows in the metroplex or something or he'll come you know two or three times in one tour so every time he would come i'd hit up gabe and we'd meet uh, up yeah and so we just kind of built like a friendship because i was getting to come and see him and hang out so much Mm -hmm. then i went to 100 then he had some more shows here and so it just got to a point where him and i would chat a bunch and i met i met tim uh router and tim hall at at uh at episode 100 but i didn't really converse with them the way that i did gabe because you know i just saw gabe more you Mm -hmm. know and and gabe's very open anybody who's met him and, and knows he's like very open about communication and he likes to chat and everything like that Um, So I didn't have to like push for that. It just kind of was a thing. And it just ended up that we kind of built a fairly strong friendship because of that. Mm -hmm. And then just when the time came, I had started doing things. He had approached me a couple of months before, about six months before I think it was, uh, myself and and Ed about – Helping to give content to the YouTube channel because at the time YouTube really there really wasn't anything there. The right. show was going there, mm-hmm. and Gabe would throw you know something up every now and then like Shenmue Saturdays and whatnot. But he really wanted to get that Had what that a be a bit cut. more of a focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I was like, all right, you know I, I know video. I know how to, I recorded game stuff in the past. I hadn't really been done it lately, but yeah, I can I can help you out with that. Ed, uh, Ed was already doing it on his own channel. He's like, all right, so mm-hmm. we kind of got mm-hmm. pulled into the Marriage of the Games YouTube team, right? And then we were doing that for about you know five months, six months, something like that. And then Hall was like, "Hey, I got to go." Well, I think from the beginning, Gabe knew he didn't want it to be just a two-person thing. He's like, "Ah, I really, I, we like the dynamic of the three-person show. Mm-hmm. I think I want to continue that." It only made sense that ed do that really i mean because gabe and ed had talked about for years before you married the games like we should do a podcast
0: someday like maybe on the side or or something yeah i should ask about that i wonder what that conversation would have been like like even just knowing gabe for that long like man we Mm -hmm. should do a podcast we should totally do a podcast and then watch him go like do a podcast with two other dudes like yeah man i was right here the whole time come on
1: yeah so i i knew that history and i was like Mm. look it's like I've not been in this, you know, click if you will, mm-hmm. for as long as everybody else. I've not known you and, and Ed nearly as long as you guys have known each other. It's like if you're open to the idea of a four-person show, I would love to be considered. As like, but I, I am not. I don't want to enter a competition. Totally. It's like I feel like Ed deserves this. Mm-hmm. So if you just want to stick three, go for it, man. I'll support you guys and I'll love you guys and I'll listen every week.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, Gabe, Gabe is kind of like. Even though he wasn't the person who started Marriage of the Games, it's kind of in a way like his baby. Like he's real – probably even more protective of it in some ways than everybody is
0: Mm -hmm.
1: or or than everybody else on the show. We all have these little facets of it that we really cling to as like this is the area I really gravitate and hold dear to me. But like as a whole, like Marriage of the Games means a whole, whole lot to to, uh, Gabe, probably even more than anybody else, Mm -hmm. which is weird to say because we all love it so much. Yep, totally. so I was like, you know, if you're open to it changing to a four person thing, but that was a big thing for him to wrap his head around. He's like, I, he just hemmed and hawed. He's like, he really wasn't sure. And I was trying to like make sure he knew, mm-hmm. look, if you don't feel this is right, let's not do it. I want you to feel good about it. And so I don't know what it was. If somebody else that probably convinced did, him or that what, was a, but, that's
0: a nice, that's a, that's a nice approach. And, yeah. and I remember, I don't, you probably don't remember this, but like before you were on the show, I had jumped into a game of Battlefront, I think. Uh, I feel like that timeline lines up anyways. I'm pretty sure it was before you're on the show and I was just playing with Gabe and then you were there and then the way that you guys were talking, I'm like, Chris should podcast. Like, (laughs) I remember that very specifically that like you guys just talking so naturally. And I think this was even before I was just starting out and I'm like, man, he, Chris should just talk. he should just be on the internet and just talk. And it's been so like awesome to see you on the show. And I feel like, like maybe there was like two episodes right at the start you're like what what's my place and then boom you were in yeah. it because like because the friendship was there because the trust mm-hmm. was there and it's just as soon as you get over the fact that there's a microphone sitting in front of your face and you're recording the whole thing it's just a conversation and it comes yeah. through so well man and it's i've said this to Gabe and I'll say it to you like I will be subscribing to the show until the day I probably even if you guys were to stop doing it, I probably still wouldn't be able to remove like it. <laughs> it is on my it is on my list forever. I've switched phones multiple times since you guys started the show. Yeah and it's always the first one. I gotta I gotta go start with with Married to the Games.
1: Well we appreciate that and I, I really appreciate you saying that. And it it was I mean if you remember back, like my first episode was a disaster. <laughs> well like I wouldn't my say mic was muted. Well but I mean for me, I'm like sweating like crazy like i don't want to screw this up and then the first thing i do is i screw it up and i'm like oh my gosh (laughs) i'm like man it's gonna be like three episodes down and they're gonna be like uh sorry chris you gotta go you know i was totally (laughs) expecting it yeah i was (laughs) totally expecting that to happen and then like you said you know you get over the jitters and you figure out like oh this is just Mm -hmm. conversation with buddies and then it all becomes normal from there on yeah man so i i really appreciate the the fact that you enjoy the show so much and that you didn't get disgusted when like I came on no, and you still man. enjoy it and then you're continuing
0: on with it. No, hopefully, hopefully you don't have a shakeup. Like I won't be able to handle another change. Hopefully you got like, this is it. This is, you had yeah. married to the games had the one staff change. That's it. You can't, you can't do anything <laughs> else. I,
1: I don't expect that it's going to change. You okay, know. good,
0: good. No, what about kids for you, man? Uh,
1: probably not.
0: Okay. Well, that's, that's an okay. Answer. So, cause I, when you guys talk about your gaming marathons, I'm like, yes. I have this realization every now and then. I'm like, that's just that that ship has sailed. That is not yeah. happening for me. And and I remember when when Chelsea was pregnant, and obviously like there's a set date, there's a literal like end date for when things are going to change big time. And yep. I would be playing as much as I possibly could just to try and I don't know savor the moment. But I don't know if there's any, I know Toby uh from play, the Nintendo PlayStation podcast. He's expecting yep. as well. His and him and his wife. It doesn't help. That's all I'm going to say to people is that you, you can have all your gaming marathons trying to get it all in before it's all over. It actually probably makes it worse because, yeah. because all you were like, I was just doing that. Like the baby yeah. born and it's like last week, I was just playing for like eight hours straight, man. So, yeah. but anyway, I always kind of close things off by asking everybody, what are you looking forward to, uh, for the remainder of the year? Like what's, what's, what's coming out or what's going to, like maybe it's not even something that you want to buy, but what's something mm-hmm. that's going to happen. Um, for the remainder of the year that, that you're looking forward to you can't wait for?
1: Um, Well, I'm looking forward, even though on the most recent Married to the Games podcast, I kind of railed on it a bit. I am looking forward to Destiny 2. <laughs>
0: yeah, man. That's... <laughs> of course and, you are.
1: I, I'm looking forward to Destiny 2. I'm really looking forward to World War II, Call of Duty, because I, I really like just that era, whether mm. it's movies, whatever, like Dunkirk's recently coming out, and I really want to see that. Very good. Um, I really am looking forward to that.
0: Do you think it's gonna like? Do you think this is gonna help Call of Duty come back in a way because it seems like that the sales have kind of been tapering? Is this Black Ops level? Do you think is that possible? I don't
1: know. I I mean, I don't know if they'll ever ever get back to the same area they were because there's just so much competition.
0: No kidding.
1: But I do. I do feel like it is a. They're getting back to their roots, if you will, the whole it's, – it's just boots on the ground, which I know I specifically really liked. I, mm-hmm. I didn't mind some of the more futuristic stuff like in Black Ops 2, but anything past Black Ops 2, I didn't really care much for with mm-hmm. the boosting and jumping around. It just – because I'm getting older and my dexterity is going down, and it's like <laughs> the more mechanics you add to it, it's like, oh, man, can I just run and slide Before and shoot? Before you and know go it, you're going to
0: want a first-person shooter that's like the Revolutionary War. Uh, where yeah. you just like line up and it's basically a turn based shooter like that's I'm like, what that's the in the powder and then Chris. doing the
1: thing and then pushing the ball <laughs> exactly. down there and they're like okay
0: now i'm going to take my shot you're going to be playing a first person shooter that's the turn based that you hated yeah. and didn't oh understand gosh, for yeah. the longest that's where you're going to end up like, but i can do this now
1: now i get it it's perfect <laughs> um, and then to kind of come full circle here from how we started to underscore my, I don't hate Nintendo, mm-hmm, Here it comes. I have said from the beginning, when it came out, I am open to the idea of Nintendo winning me over and me getting a Switch. Yeah. So I am open, because, because tons of stuff is happening right now, besides just Odyssey, which I don't really have much interest in Odyssey,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I am open to Switch coming out with something where I'm like, alright, now the time is right, I'm pulling the trigger and gonna get it. Mm-hmm. Because... I don't, I'm not really a Zelda guy. I've never really been into it. But I've always kind of thought, man, Breath of the Wild does look cool.
0: Yeah.
1: I kind of want to s- give it a shot and see what it's about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I'm a big fan of the Runner series. And Runner 3 is going to be exclusive to the Switch, at least at yeah. launch. I don't know if maybe forever. Who knows? So that Console is exclusive. another thing. Yeah, that's launch another exclusive. thing that makes me want to play it. Mm-hmm. Um, but just those two things alone aren't enough for me to pull the trigger right now. Especially mm-hmm. with xbox one x around the corner and like am i going to be able to afford to get that i'm probably not going to be able to afford to get that and a switch but if switch comes out with a handful of little bitty indie things it's like all right it's just it makes too much sense now then i will totally get a
0: switch oh snap okay well that that's a great answer to a question from before of like maybe there's a gr- like there's some gravity there's a whole bunch of conversation going to pull you away mm-hmm. from something that you would, wouldn't normally do Chris, man, thank you so much for, for taking time out of your day to talk to me about all of this stuff. Quickly at the end here, tell everybody where they can find you all over the internet.
1: Okay, well, real quick before I do that, I just want to say thank you for inviting me on because oh, that's I've been listening to your show for a while now, and I think you're really, really good at interviewing people. And I, I've guested on a few podcasts, yours was the only one where I was like, why is he not asking me to be on a show? What's the deal? What, uh, do I need to be cooler or something? Like, no, like, I want to be on. I want to be on We the Gamercast. <laughs> like, why is this not happening? It's like I'm just gonna lob. I'm gonna throw something out there and see if there's a bite. No, there wasn't a bite. Dang it, he must not want me on that show. I'm not cool enough.
0: That is not. So I just need two more sent shows. The, when per you week. sent the
1: DM, when you sent the thing to the DM, I was like, yes, I made it
0: <laughs> finally. Dang it, that is that is not. I'm gonna take this chance just to say because I've heard this a few times. Like that is it. It's really just a matter of getting to. There's just I'm very. This is not what yeah, I expected a with the show. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's a matter of, like, honestly, there's like, there's people like I'm booked until the end of August right now, man. And it's like, I wow. could, I'm at, the, I'm at a tipping point. I could do maybe two shows a week, but I also don't want to overload people. Like, I know that I'm not the only show. It's kind of like we, you have many choices of podcasts. And uh when, when you stop listening to everything, um, that's a quick way to, to be unsubscribed. So it's just a matter of like just getting through the guests, man. I didn't expect, I thought I was going to have a lot of trouble booking people and that has not been the case. So it's not that anybody isn't (laughs) worthy. I want everybody on the show, honest (laughs) to God. And like we can make conversation happen with whoever you are, whether you have a podcast or not. So very kind words, man. I, I blushing a little bit, to be honest.
1: So, um, you can find me at, On Twitter, it's at at Bradfan35. That's me specifically. Um, I am part of the Married to the Games cast, so at MTTG cast. I have access to that, so I can answer and respond there, whether it's DMs or at mentions, anything like that. Um, And that's pretty much it. I will be on the forums, uh, which is at MarriedToTheGames.com. We do have a Patreon, which is tied to our Discord, uh, and so I'm on Discord all the time, constantly communicating. It's so easy to do from my phone. Discord is amazing because it's like the marriage of Twitter and forums together is like the perfect little that. medium. Yeah, I man. really like that. So it works out better for a lot of things. So anybody that hops in there for as little as a dollar a month, you can get access to the Discord, and I'm in there chatting all the time as well as a lot of other really, really cool people if that's your thing. If not, no big deal because it doesn't matter. All of our content is on all the different podcast services. We're on youtube.com slash Married to the Games. You can see our, hear our podcast there. You can see our Let's Play videos. You can see all the little shenanigans that we get into. Um, any of the stuff that we do, we appreciate anybody that checks it out. You know, Give us feedback, good, bad, it doesn't matter. We just want to know that, hey, people are engaging in a positive community and meeting other cool, positive people because yeah, the internet really needs that.
0: Absolutely. Well, you guys lead by example. So thank you again, man, for doing this. This was awesome. Thank you. How did you like that? I mean, I hope I hope that we can have these types of conversations. You know, we talked a little bit about Nintendo, talked a little about Xbox and preferences. And I really just hope that you know, we can actually have these conversations without murdering each other. I really love talking to Chris because he and I don't like we're, we don't come at things from the exact same angle, but we can actually have a chat about it. It's like I never really thought about it that way. And that's why I love listening to him on Married to the Games and I just I really appreciate Chris for taking the time and being with me for this show, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. So thank you so much. Be, be sure to follow Chris, as if you don't already, but he's on Twitter, at BreadFan35, as we talked about, and uh, follow the show, MTTGCast, MarriedToTheGames.com, YouTube.com, slash MarriedToTheGames. You, you know where to find them. You guys You guys know all of this stuff. So thank you guys so much. Ed, I need you back. I need to complete the... The... What? <laughs> Like four or some? Four? That sounds weird. I guess that's technically what it is. So thank you guys um, for being here. Follow me on Twitter at Sean Capri. Sean like Connery, Capri like the pants. You can follow the show too. We the GamerCast and the website We the Nerdy. Garrett Bland still putting stuff up there. And shout out to David Ray, our new writer at We the Nerdy.com. This is it's pretty sweet, you know, meeting people on this show and then all of a sudden they're just like, yeah, I thought I'd give a crack at a at writing. And then We the Nerdy is a site for That's so awesome. It is so awesome. It is great. Remember, I'm on If We Were at Nintendo. We just went live. It's making, it's being made to be better. I'm struggling, guys. It's time for Big Brother. It's time to eat. It's time to have a, a tasty beverage, a diet soda. You can go over to patreon.com slash make us better. It's not gonna, it's gonna make more content, but it's not gonna untie my tongue, I don't think. Um, just like all of our other, Producers and our executive producers, Nick Miletia, Joel Brooks, James Johnson, and Sheldon Benedict. You guys are absolutely amazing. Literally making this show better. If we're at Nintendo, is better. Nintendo PlayStation Podcast. Definitely, definitely getting better. And I'm so grateful for you guys again as I said at the top of the show. Words don't really do enough there's no there are no words but i am sending words to you written i've I've, I've written thank you cards to, to the executive producers they're on their way they're just coming from canada uh so joel brooks you're gonna get your first <laughs> everybody else i think we gotta cross the border uh, guys, next week Joey Noel from Kind of Funny is here for uh, episode ninety-eight. Otherwise, this is episode ninety-seven of We the Gamer Cast. It's now in your ears. Thank you again for listening. I will be back next week. I hope you're there too. Now it's time for Jason. 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 Press X for Jason. 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 Jason! Jason!